Yeah, let's go. Ching, ching. <laughs> Cheap show. <laughs> oh, boy. That'll be relevant later, listeners. Oh, God, if it stays in. The first aeon, I was the great spirit. In the second aeon, men knew me as the horned god. Pangenitor, panthage. In the third aeon, I was the dark one, the devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not, for I am the hidden one. In the fifth aeon, I appear before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon, I appear to you as C-M-N. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above is commentary on the magic art in the year of the primal form in the dawn of terrestrial birth. Oh, that was very educational. Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by what I just said. This is CMN. All right, welcome everyone. Welcome, welcome. I am Saturn's Majesty Kennedy. And this is Chaos Magic News, the only occult media made with love under will. With me is my Kabbalistic co-host, Bargain Bana. How you doing, Bargain? We got some great deals for you this time, listeners. Cross the abyss for only three thirty-three. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. How are you doing? I'm okay. I got a. I got a white Russian and a bottle of water. I'm on my second 40 ounce, so you know it's going to be a good episode. Oh, yeah. If alcohol can't elevate us to the next level of professional, high-quality podcasting, we might as well hang it up. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like we, we don't actually drink a lot in this podcast, but whenever we are drinking, we make it abundantly clear. Yeah, we like to, we, well, because we talk about it. <laughs> We're like, oh, man, we're having a drink. Hey, guys, I'm having a beer. Mm, aren't I cool? <laughs> everyone in the... Everyone look, in out, the look how edgy and cool we are. We get drunk on the podcast. All the listeners are going, you fucking 12-year-olds need to fuck, go do your fucking homework. What are you talking about? So we wanted to start with... Um, some retractions from last week's episode. Yeah, the, the cult of Saturn thing is really a confusing, confusing mess of a thing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's fucked. <laughs> so right off the bat, we'll go with the easy ones. The guy's name is Euodoxia. <laughs> You're such a nerd. You're like Exodia. Well, I don't know what it is. I I literally read it as Exodia Mysteries, and I was like, whatever, the guy likes Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't give a shit. He makes entertaining videos. And it is, <laughs> I was way, 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 way off. I even messaged him because I needed, I wanted to know something about the video and see if maybe he had something still. And I was sort of looking at it, and it's like, that is not how you spell Exodia. Not even with all five pieces. <laughs> but so right off the oh, bat, man. 
mispronounced that name. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's going to end up in the episode or not, but I refer to the false prophet as the lost prophet, like a number of times. And I do it correctly at a couple points too. So I don't know what I was thinking. I was probably just trying to get to the end of the episode. Uh, what other minor things? Um, I think we confused a couple random things. Like we referenced stuff that isn't in that video. Yeah, because we, I ended up listening to all of the other videos that I had watched on the subject in preparation. And I think I just got stuff mixed up or I was expecting certain things to come up and I misremembered them. Uh, one example was I mentioned that these, the Saturn cultists are Satanist or sort of about Luciferian sensibilities. And that gets mentioned. That's like, that's a fact as far as the Terra story is concerned. It just doesn't get brought up in that specific video. If you were to go and read the thing, it would be a different story. Um, another notable thing that I, I just didn't think about it when I was doing my own research. And then I didn't think about it when the videos were going, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the Terra Terran story is completely fabricated for kicks because the only evidence that gets shown as far as like photos and messages are all posted to Imgur where it's, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to fake a screenshot and then put it up on a web posting service for images so that's I think if anyone didn't get the impression that everything we talked about there could have been faked, they were watching the wrong video or listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um because yeah, I I'm walking away from this thinking that it's like three people that did all of this. Right, right. We do have added follow-up that that uh file dump that gets referenced throughout the video and the pod. Um that is gone. That's it's, gotten scrubbed from the internet, right? Yeah, it's totally gone. And I'm not sure if it's because Anon Files, the website, is going through some issues and it's already kind of suspect to start with and they just cleared house or if it's a case of whoever put it up there saw people talking about it and said enough was enough or something to that effect. I even heard somebody float the theory that that file dump itself was another attempt to get intrigue, to get people to pay attention to Frank's false prophet HQ website. And that brings us to the other thing is that the false prophet HQ website is totally up. It's, it's still up as far as we the did it again. No one was talking about this. No one cared. We bring it up and then suddenly the wheels are turning. Everything's in motion. Well, I don't, I don't know when it was back up because, well, I, I guess the other thing is that if all the other videos that I watched and all the other quote-unquote researchers didn't figure out that the website was still up or back up before we did, that's very sad. That means you didn't do anything. You just looked at the file dump and then didn't think, hey, maybe these guys are still around. But the notable thing about the website is that the entire e-zine format it, it's completely gone there's there's nothing reminiscent of whatever was supposedly going on with people saying oh frank was having us make art and do articles and everything else it's it's literally a weird puzzle box arg type website 
But the caveat to that is that, and this goes back to what we were saying in the last episode, if this is an ARG, it's by somebody who has some spooky woo-woo sensibilities. They've done some reading. You can even look at the very beginning of the website. It talks about Aonix and Aleister Crowley and this, that, and the other. It's very clear that whoever was behind this had some occult knowledge. Now, that's nothing special, but it just goes to show that it's the type of person that was doing this. And I'm it made more sense than uh, Mark Frost talking about Jack Parsons in the Twin Peaks book. <laughs> you, you just want to bring up Twin Peaks again, don't you? Through the darkness of future's past, the magician longs to see. One cries out between two worlds. This is CMN. <laughs> All right. I, I think that's about it for the retractions. Yeah, don't get used to it. We're only doing retractions because we think this one's actually interesting. We don't care about anything else we've ever gotten wrong in the pod. I still think that this is a very fascinating thing because, like I said in the last episode, I think that there's the possibility that some of this is true or there's, at the very least, that there are spooky woo-woo people behind it. But then the question is, to what end? Is this some sort of weird, esoteric game where they want to get people in to give them the knowledge of the secret handshake club? Probably not. But that's definitely the game that they're playing at. However, if anybody can get their hands on that 5 gig uh, zip file, I would really, 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 really like to dig through it. And and I think that's only I think that might be the reason we're still talking about it is because it's gone now. <gasps> it's gone. That's the reason everyone else is talking about it. Yeah. No, they're all talking about it because we talked about it. <laughs> I imagine this ARG will just be a forgotten remnant of the internet like it has been. I don't think anything's gonna come of it unless somebody wants to get Frank Webster to come on the podcast. Oh yeah. If anyone knows Frank, tell him you can be interviewed by Magic's premier uh, news officiant. I don't know. I don't know where I was news going with that. yahoos. Yeah, you can be used by those guys. Those guys. All right. Those guys. So our opening topic, we were going to talk about the commercialization of the Magic aesthetic, which is appropriate given that it's entirely possible that this is just somebody using spooky woo-woo imagery to get people to ultimately make some money somehow yeah the commercialization of occult symbolism and aesthetics is going to be the recurrent theme of this episode so i just think it's it's really interesting because as we talked about it's we're in the midst of the occult revival we're gonna i'm gonna hammer on that until i am but <laughs> it's going to be 40 years from now. See, like, I was we're in the right. Midst. It's, it's, I was right as we're channeling out the episodes via scrying board. <laughs> A scrying board bought at Spencer's gift. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the first place to start, right? Because let's be honest, what, what really starts making occult symbols something that gets like put on t-shirts and shit like that? Like death metal bands? 
or not even death metal, just metal bands. They start getting really into pentagrams and shit like that. And that's where it starts. That's the that's where I see that beginning. Oh, yeah, totally. And there's a bit of it in, like, the hippie movement, too, where you have lots of, like, you know, Buddhist symbolism and Hindu-type symbolisms kind of working their way into fashion and culture and stuff. Oh, but, like, oh you're, you're, talking, you're talking overall and not just in, like, what's brought it back lately. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, because well, I, I, I do think it's sort of a... That's where it starts. This is where it really gets into the grips of, like, you know, regular fashion and just things that people wear as opposed to, you know, more niche areas of like, oh, I really like Black Sabbath. So I have like a, a thing with a pentagram on it. But when it really starts turning into like magic as strictly spooky woo woo type things, just worming their way into culture hardcore. In the last couple of years, it's become almost impossible not to see it. Oh, yeah. I mean tarot decks are becoming more and more common and the imagery of tarot the imagery of tarot there's uh, you know you can go into any bar in any city and look around for maybe what 15 minutes you're gonna find somebody wearing a very blatant occult symbol around their neck or on their shirt or on a ring it's just everywhere. How many, how many uh, Hamsas or evil eye necklaces do you see these days? Oh, God. Those are freaking everywhere now. I, I don't know when that happened. I just well, looked up one day and suddenly a billion eyes were staring at me like bi biblically correct angels. <laughs> like that. But hell, I mean, Walmarts are selling sage bundles. And, you know, granted, we can talk about closed practices. We can talk about making money off of the practices of indigenous people, that sort of thing. But I'm just making the point that it's becoming so, so normalized amongst everybody. I think it has a lot to do with new agey people, higher vibration, whatever's that don't have a rigidly defined structure about what their beliefs are, but they're just, it's the, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual crowd. Those people. Oh yeah. Very 1995. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like the, the, the multi-level marketing scam, pyramid scheme, essential oils type people, all of these things you're, you can look all around. It's like, you know, uh, crystals are becoming more common the people talking about manifestation, like even, even the most mundane stuff of going to the stationery or like the little notebooky sections of, uh, of a department store, right? You're going to find something that's got like a triple moon, uh, your like book of shadows or your manifestation journal, like something like it's, it's all becoming so, so commonplace. And granted it's, it's a lot of very surface level, by the nature of commercializing and selling to the lowest common denominator, that's what you're going to do. It's everywhere. I, I was having a conversation with somebody and they told me that they split magic into three different kind of categories without getting into the specifics of it too hardcore. He, he discussed how like low level, low class magic and this don't be under any illusions. We were having a conversation about class. Low class magic tends to be very simple things, sympathetic magic, um, magic to make things happen, magic to get a job, magic to get a girlfriend. And I think that's what 
is really predominating in the so-called public consciousness of magic. And I know there's it's wrapped up with lots of different spiritual sentiments too cuz they're incredibly vague. They don't have a a rough cosmology or a very in all honesty a very well-formed ontology. There's nothing about these kind of ideas that are really resonant beyond sort of emotional and honestly feel good kind of sentiments you're about a bunch the of universe losers. and the nature you're a bunch and shit. Of, you're a bunch of dorks. You think that like universe is all lovey dovey, everything's love, higher vibration, <laughs> we're all connected. No, no, you guys don't even get it, man. You don't understand. <laughs> That's why all as I a mean thought by this, is gonna the- fuck you up. Actually, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I just thought about it. No, because those are re- those are the two camps, all right? You're gonna find the the love and light where it's essential oils and incense in the Walmart and your manifestation journal and everything else where it's like, all right, overwhelming spiritual positivity that doesn't have a real underlying metaphysics. And then you're going to get the super dark uh, pseudo Satanist edgy metalhead type aesthetic where everything's dark and blood and we're going to sacrifice a kid type type vibes but you're not really gonna do it because it's just like you're just goofing i was just fun in your mom yeah i'm just i still believe in jesus i'm just doing this i want to my rebel. christmas presents <laughs> <laughs> right those are the two extreme ends of it but they're they have the commonality of their surface level nothing really about them type stuff this is what like a levain satanism and uh like a new ager I wish I had a better name because I've already said new age and love and light and higher vibration multiple times, but you know, the people. Yeah. Uh, And those are, those are the two, those are the two groups that will tend to fork over money for stuff for like things that are for lack of a better word, things that are really cheap. I I mean, yeah. On the other hand, it's like, I don't know as, as far as buying occult things is always kind of a strange area anyway for me. Not because, like, I want to make my own incense, because I fucking don't. Not even that, like, I don't think that, like, you can just buy a fucking statue if you want a statue of something, or buy a fucking book, or, you know, hell, if you, if you find a really nice wand and you want to buy it, that's cool. But it's a strange kind of area to be in and have to work around. I think that the kind of people that are going to Walmart and buying the My Manifestation Journal tend to be people that don't take this thing very seriously to begin with. And that's kind of what I mean when I'm getting into this idea of like this low class magic. Like what they're doing is sort of a substitute for either a religious calling or just feeling generally disempowered by the world but they don't have much of a ability to sort of critique and question the sort of things that they're looking at when they go you know they get in they hear about like oh well you can sage things and it will like help clear the energy in your house they learn about manifesting from some book in the fucking cvs checkout line it's like manifesting a better life in 25 minutes no they learned manifesting from a reel on instagram or facebook or a uh oh yeah you're right how silly of me to think that they're reading books nobody reads you don't read to learn magic 
<laughs> it's it's like the Sephora fucking occult witch starter kit nonsense, right? It's yeah, that absolutely. From a couple years ago, like exactly it's, what anyone buying about. any. I would like to say in a perfect world, everyone who bought one of those like had a real awakening by doing magical shit with it, and they're like, "Wow, I should take this stuff kind of seriously." But more than likely, they didn't, and if they did experience anything, it was self delusion. Here's my counterpoint coming to the defense of all of the budding maguses that don't even realize what great magicians they are yet. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Everyone does. Everybody's got to start somewhere. I, like, I, if you that's start- just sort of my issue. I feel like if you're not competent and intelligent enough to be questioning that, like, maybe the fucking Sephora magic starter kit I bought isn't a great place to start magically. Look. If look, I want to be critical and think about this, look, look, maybe look. learning about like how to do a, a fucking spell jar on TikTok. I don't know. I guess I'm maybe I'm, I'm just being too judgmental there. I suppose if 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 that's where you got your start and you were like, you know, and you, if you just did it because you're like, maybe it'll work and it worked and it set you down the path of doing actual work, then fucking great. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that stuff like that happened to them. But there's just seems to be some sort of issue in my head that I can't wrap around that just tells me that the people that are like buying their sage at Walmart aren't really going to be the the cream of the crop here. Well, it's the great filter thing, right? The fact is, is that most of the people that are buying these things will never do anything. I think I said it a couple episodes back talking about tarot decks. The vast majority of people that are buying tarot decks aren't even going to do anything with them. They're going to thumb through them, and then they're going to be like, oh, okay, that's neat. I'm done. Yeah, I'll go on their bookshelf, or maybe they'll take out the card they like and like put it on the shelf or pin it to their wall. Or maybe they'll, they'll eat it. Just eat the whole tarot deck like a, pa- like a pack of graham crackers, basically. <laughs> that would be impressive. But, but the vast majority of people that buy anything occult-related aren't going to do jack and that includes the occultist that bought it so oh right yeah but everyone's got to start somewhere and if you started with like the 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 diy magic in a jar kit that you got from uh tj max bath and body works bath and body works i don't think does tj max still exist uh it does i thought they stopped do no it's tj min downsized i am going to hurt you you're well, you're actually going to be in pain we're bringing back the boo for this episode aren't we i mean it's it's yeah Ugh. it's playing okay. non-stop through this entire section it's playing non-stop through this entire season this uh, whole year is just gonna be one long boo i already called it this is gonna be a very bad year for us 2023 hail Eris. oh god well, you know, there is one thing that I thought of while you were talking about the iffiness of buying things for magic. I think that very often what it comes down to is that I buy something when I need it in the idea of buying the egg without haggling. Oh, right. Yeah. If you need this for a ritual, you're going to do whatever you're going to get do to get it. You're going to steal it. You're going to buy it. You're going to... uh give your pinky for it you know whatever and then on the other the other thing is can you even if you've bought it for yourself whatever 
can you infuse this object with significance? Right now, I have a little frog statue where he's sitting in like a squat pose with his hand on his chin, sort of pondering. And I'm not going to get into why this thing is significant to me and why it's important. But I bought this for you a found dollar. found it in a trunk. <laughs> no, no. I bought this thing for $1.25 yesterday, of all things, right? But, oh, nice. But I'm looking at this thing, and he's got, a, he's got a real significance to me. There's a reason that I have him. If it was just a thing, if it was just like something I had around, whatever, it'd be, you know, it'd be nothing. It's just stuff. It's just a, it's junk even a a dollar 25 little frog statue instead because of the way that the human brain works to an extent the way that magic works this thing is infused with with meaning to me it doesn't matter if it's anybody else i guess but to me at least this dumb little frog looking off in wonder honestly looking a little sad has some some not even sentiment but some actual some worth in a a magical spiritual mental emotional sense so that would be my answer if you've got a practical reason for it get it if there's something in you that is like yeah i must have this this thing is important and here's why or even if you can't explain it yet maybe you can explain it later Go for it. Don't feel bad about buying stuff, especially if it's a buck 25, right? Like who doesn't have a buck 25? And if you don't have a buck 25, start a GoFundMe <laughs> and tag us. <laughs> Frog statues for all. Frog statues for all. <laughs> Please donate. <laughs> If elected, every citizen will receive a small frog statue. <laughs> if we ever start on we, if we ever start a Patreon for five, if you do five dollars a month for a year, we will send you a frog statue <laughs> you one- that I personally find infused <laughs> with significance. <laughs> 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 What's the what's the CM what's the CMN merchandise that we're gonna sell? How are we gonna commercialize magic? Uh, I mean, there's we got a logo that we plaster on everything, so t-shirts are an option. No, but like, what's 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 like the magic stuff we're gonna sell though? I'm thinking like, like um, uh, Eucharist packs. It's like a lunchable, but oh. it, it comes pre-blessed. Dude, if we can get those little Eucharist wafers and get the logo printed on them. <laughs> holy shit. Oh, we got to look into this. Oh, my God. That's, that's got to be good. Bro, what if we start a store and that's the only thing we sell? <laughs> How many do you think we could sell reasonably? Like, if we sell, I don't know, if maybe we sell, five. If we sell one. <laughs> But it would be worth it because I would sit there with a box full of them and just laugh hysterically all the time. <laughs> the potty uh, of Christ. <laughs> okay. The all potty right. of cast. There we go. 
with that, it's time to walk into the um Oh, oh sorry, I got a weird text. Is it from your mama? I sent your mama a weird text. Bro, I said I sent your mama a weird text. Oh wow. You heard me? It's magic related. No way. It's magic It's no. magic related, so I feel like we should talk about it. No bullshit. My Tulpa is giving me satanic thoughts. Who the fuck's... They sent me a Reddit thing that says, My Tulpa is giving me satanic thoughts. I've had my Tulpa since I was around 10, and now I'm almost 18. I can't remember when he first found me or how we even met, but throughout my life, we've always been best friends. He's helped me get through my grandparents and cat passing away, and we trust each other with our lives. He has helped me so much in the past, such as helping me do my exams, calming me down during my worst times, etc. I've had no problems with him until recently in December. And then, oh my god, there's so many paragraphs. I think it's just a gentleman that has schizophrenia, honestly. Uh... My Tulpa doesn't like meeting new people. I didn't realize I was talking out loud and was getting weird looks from people walking by. Bro. Oh man, bro. this is bad. What if this I'm, is bad? What if I'm the Tulpa? Oh. Oh. That's a We're s- not that's if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Anyway, pause let's for get ju- on with the pause news. Pause for just then, right? a sec. No, 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 no. Pause for just a sec. Who sent you that? Uh, you should just like put up a, a loud expletive leap and then just have me go. Oh, and then have this part in where I explain it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to do. All right, cool. You want to get to the next section? Yeah, let's go. I think it's about time that we do everyone's favorite section where we delve deep into the muck and the mire that is the headlines. And we ask ourselves, What's in the news? What is in the news indeed? (laughs) No one expected it. How fast-moving floods took a deadly toll on California's capital. Storms took five lives in Sacramento County, where a year of heat wave and drought was followed by record rain. Once again, just like in last week, you know, you got your crazy uncle like, Man, they can't save water. They got all that water down in Sacramento. Y'all didn't put out enough buckets. Our our hearts are out there with um California people because you guys just get fucked all the goddamn time. It's it's rough over there. I I'm making light of it because this is a a silly silly podcast of silly people. But you know it's 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 got to be rough. I I hate to just chalk it up to the ravages of climate change, you know, but that's probably what I it mean. Is. That's exactly what it is. It's what it is. That and a lack yeah. of real infrastructure support and everything else, you know, and the in the same way of like the why can't they do anything about the rainwater? It's like well, probably because they haven't built enough reservoirs, and reservoirs don't appear over fucking night. That's sad. I I wish I had a magical insight there. Um. Maybe there's something to do with the the bizarre extremes of uh, America's hyperfixation with what's going on in California. Like, no matter what part of the country, you have so much cultural influence and clout, for lack of a better word, focused in a single area. 
And then meanwhile, it's like it's got outrageous problems of uh, income inequality and homelessness and fucking no water. Yeah. But meanwhile, I, I guarantee you the, the this the, thing will be in the news for like a week and a half. And when Kentucky got fucked last year, it was there for like three days. You know, that's probably a fair assessment, too. Honestly. Yeah. If it ain't New York and California, it didn't happen as far as the USA news is concerned. Yep. Japan's PM vows to modernize military for new era of threats. What does that mean? Probably getting a lot of drones, I guess. Um, Japan has been officially pacifist since its defeat in the Second World War, but it has been shedding past sensitivities as China rapidly expands its military and North Korea relentlessly tests missiles. So basically, Japan is saying, we know where our bread is buttered and getting ready to fight the, uh, the, fight the Reds. <laughs> Oh boy, I I guess the halftime show for the Cold War is over, huh? Yep, we're getting right into the third quarter. I mean, it was neat when uh, it was neat when we all took a break and uh, decided that buildings blowing up and ongoing military conflict in the Middle East was really the move. But uh, I think we are about to get back into the game. That was just the fireworks display. We're yeah, we're yeah. getting right back into uh, getting getting ready for total nuclear annihilation on all fronts. Mm, this mm. time we're going to have robots, though. Yeah, this time um, fucking we'll have Call of Duty motherfuckers operating joysticks to kill each other. All in the name yeah. of capital. Yay! Woo! You know, I feel like we've shied away from uh, actual political stances in the last couple of episodes, but I'm about done with my Getting second right back 40 into ounce. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Fuck the ongoing military. And that's not even a controversial s- fucking stance, is it? Like, really? No, it shouldn't be. Fuck the, uh, the, fuck the ever-encroaching capitalist industrial war machine that, that decides to chew up men and drink their blood and spit out profit for weapons manufacturers and the uh, ongoing interest of resource extraction. And it's like, I, I don't have any love. I don't have any love for Russia, but. Yeah, I don't have much love for China either. I like, or, or, I like the yeah, railroads. Or yeah, China. Yeah, was, you know, sorry. I, my, my brain went to. Look, the bottom line is like, you know that story about the, the, the man from the cliff where there's a tiger at the top and then down at the bottom of the cliff, there's another tiger and then there's the strawberry. Yeah. CMN is the strawberry. <laughs> and the, the tigers on the cliff are the, the tigers on the cliff are whoever are the people you that you don't like and the other people you don't like <laughs> Amsterdam calls for crackdown on menace of souped up e-bikes demon young riders speeding at 40 kilometers per hour are making the dutch city's once cycle friendly street dangerous and the problem is spreading i'm american 40 kilometers <laughs> what is that like, like 15 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> what the actual hell demon riders are they actual demons are they like goetia is paimon there <laughs> asthma day Asteroid. Bylaw just running off on a fucking souped up fucking 
coffee. Who's your Who's your most un, Who do you think is the most underrated demon? Oh, I know what your answer is going to be. Well, no, we're not on speaking terms right now. Oh, you have failed me for the last time, Starscream. <laughs> oh, this he is... can get a mention. He he can get a mention on the podcast when he wants to act like a fucking adult and do his job. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. That's so funny. Oh man, this yep, is going to be none of the listeners will. This is gonna your move. <laughs> this is gonna be a shitty episode, but I think this is maybe the most fun I've had on it. <laughs> I just wish I had more alcohol. I'm already out of alcohol. Oh Damn. man, I'm sorry. Oh man. Deep. What's the what's the oh, hold what's on, the hold on. Pause, 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 pause. Shit. Fuck. What'd you do? My leg. My leg. Charlie horse. Yeah, Charlie horse. Oh. Charlie horse is short for Charles Equine. Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's it's short for. Uh... Do you want to redo that? No, but I have a a, we have another headline that's related to this. Electric vehicles are expensive. These commuters ditched cars altogether for e-bikes. Yeah, the demon riders. They're going ham. <sighs> the Morax MC Motorcycle Club. <laughs> also, I have exciting news. What? There we go. Can't hear the pop, but I had more. No, alcohol. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, electric vehicles are expensive, so e-bikes are like a better solution. I mean. I guess. Cheaper. I'm not a fan of motorcycles for personal reasons, but <laughs> I guess uh, do do what you got to do. I'm I would just think that maybe the answer would be reliable and well planned public transit. Oh, that's an idea! Wow, huh? Yeah, yeah, and, and not like a not like a hyperloop that hasn't made any progress in five years. I, I'm talking like, you know, actual, you know, uh, trains, buses, you know, stuff like that. Like, and granted, I don't, I'm not the most well-researched when it comes to this, but I do know that public transit can be done pretty well. There are some countries and some cities in America even that do it decently, you know? So uh, why don't they get funding? <laughs> why don't we pour more funding into these sort of things so that people don't have to walk around indebted to paying off a vehicle that they can't really afford or would be better served if they didn't have to pay for it every month, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, whatever. Because trains are stupid. Buses are dumb. You want to ride in a really long, like, thing that moves forward? That sounds pretty sus to me, bro. Bring back the trolley car. (laughs) This isn't really a headline, but... Can I tell you a thing that happened to me while I was trolling through Twitter? Go for it. Like many people, I get a lot of my news from Twitter because sometimes that's the best place to get your news, like no joke. But I I remembered seeing a thing about a proposed piece of legislation that would outright ban anything 
that was gender affirming surgery or treatment trans people right yeah and i wanted to i wanted to find it again to talk about it specifically on this episode but the problem is if you look up specifics on anti trans gender affirming bans and hormone treatment and everything like that you get everything it's everywhere i'm and in the the spirit of putting our political hot takes and really firmly stating what our fucking opinions are for all of you dear dear listeners uh trans rights let people do what the fuck they want to do like get the fuck out of people's way how are you going to pretend that you care about the individual's rights and then try to keep them from doing shit let people live what is wrong with you why are you demonizing trans people? I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a tirade. And it's, and it's, it's a lot of it is just, I'm really sick of trans people becoming the new boogeyman because that's the one minority fringe group that everyone is still kind of sort of okay with hating because they ran out of other minority groups. So instead it's now, it's just the, the boogeyman for certain not going to name names groups under the guise of protecting certain you know won't somebody think of the fucking children and meanwhile they don't give a damn about anybody they don't they definitely don't give a damn about children it's just weird reverse and identity politics to keep people happy while they economically fuck the lower class well let no one say that we're not a fair and balanced podcast because this next one i'm going to be on the complete opposite side of the so-called woke agenda the USC office removes field from its curriculum, citing possible racist connotations. Removing what? Field. F-I-E-L-D. What field? An office within the University of Southern California School of Social Work says it is removing the term field from its curriculum because it may have racist connotations related to slavery. The newly renamed Office of Practicum Education, formerly known as the Office of Field Education within the university's... Suzanne Dork Peck School of Social Work is making the change in order to be more inclusive, according to a memo sent out to faculty and students this week and obtained by NPR. This change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing language that could be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language. The memo reads, How does this tangibly help? Language anybody? can be powerful and phrases such as going into the field or field work may have connotations for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign um i i don't know how i feel about that that just seems really fucking pointless while the conservatives literally throw legislation to strip people of their rights and then at the same time do things like support the pseudo military occupation that's that's probably a strong word while they support the police in a, in doing actions that are obviously racially motivated and systemic as in systemic as in the system is intended to operate this way against minorities they think you know what you know what the answer is let's Let's change a, a silly little word. And it's just, 
That's the change at the USC school comes as a growing number of entities take steps to remove terminology with ties to slavery or racism within the computer field, within the computer science field. They just used field <laughs> up. You just did it. Yeah. Some people are ditching terms like master and slave while the girl guides of Canada recently renamed its brownies branch. Why? Brownies are delicious. There's nothing racist about a I brownie. Brownies were a little. Aren't brownies like the Fae? Aren't oh, they yeah. Little, like, like gnome yeah. type fuckers. They're little gnomey dudes. They make the brownies. What am I supposed to call? I don't. I just think that somewhere in between this, there is a middle ground. And I don't mean that as a centrist, like, oh, the answer is just in the middle. I just mean like between the two things that we just talked about, where one group is actively trying to fuck over a minority fringe group. And they're not really kind to most minorities anyway, as long as you're, if you ain't cis, white, male, and rich, they don't give a shit about you. Well, if you're, if you're a cis, white, male, and want to vote for them or fleece you out of your money, then they're okay with it. They, they don't give a shit if you die in the street because you're poor, but you know, whatever. But then on the other side, there is this uh, fucking featherweight, identity politics fucking nonsense that doesn't tangibly help anybody what are you really fucking doing and i i there's also the hypocritical things like well what are you doing and it's like well i'm not trying to divert from the real issues by making a big to-do about this nonsense what are we supposed to call field recording now (sighs) i don't know and maybe the answer is just that like the way media reports on things to make small whatevers of like if no, if the if there was, if this wasn't a headline we wouldn't be talking about it right yeah i, it, I mean i i'll, I I'll be honest because i wouldn't you're you're kind of right about that like it doesn't actually matter in the slightest because i never would have known i can't think of a situation where i would have somehow you know known about you it you know what you know what you're absolutely that i think that maybe the that only way the it would have happened when like, i looked at something and it said what the fuck does office of practicum education mean and they're like oh it's a field education i'm like oh okay but that's the whole point. You'd have to say field education for me to know what you're talking about. Or you would have described it yeah, to me and I would have said, thing. like, oh, it's field education. And they would have said, yes, but we don't call it that anymore. And I'd be like, why? And then, then I'd be having this conversation. But that still implies that I'd somehow sp- find out what Office of Practicing Education was. You know what? You know what it is in a weird way? It's, it's this weird prescriptivism, right? Where it's the idea that think you think by actively using certain words you can do certain things right or you can get people to think differently right and i'm not against that idea because that's like a proven thing the way you phrase the way you phrase things causes people to react and think differently about it so so maybe we're just being reactionary here yeah we could be i guess the on on another level it's who the fuck cares and it's it's who the fuck cares on both ends. Who cares if they change it? Who cares if they if it stays the same? And maybe it's just we're not we don't have the background to say whether or not the word field causes problems for us. Yeah, but at the same time, I, this feels like I just don't this feels like feel good nonsense <laughs> that doesn't actually do anyone any absolutely. good. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, this does absolutely not. The working class people don't care about this sort of thing in the slightest. And the only people that care about it are the other people going to schools like that and working in, in institutions like that. 
It's entirely for them. The, the, the bowels of academia. Yeah. Where quite often these, the, the, the ivory tower class don't know what the hell is going on <laughs> are uh, often the ones that are, strangely enough, it's like they, they blame, they blame uh, academia for radicalizing and making people communist, socialist, this, that, and the other. But I, I don't know about you, but talk to some academics, and these are some people that are completely out of the fucking loop of what the struggles of the working class actually are. Corruption scandal in Ukraine's international legion. Why an Australian TV star is accused of stealing millions. You got to give me more than that. That is such a confusing <laughs> headline. He did huh with who at the Ukraine? Few Russians or Ukrainians will likely have nice heard of chaos. <laughs> oh, God, it is. Few Russians or Ukrainians will likely have heard of The Block. It's an Australian reality show in which couples compete against each other to renovate homes and sell them at auction for the highest possible price. This may have provided the perfect cover for Amis Fagik. It's F-A-G-K. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. It's Australian, so I assume they pronounce it wrong. Doesn't that mean cigarette <laughs> over there? <laughs> Worst episode ever. So anyway, Amis, a participant who fled the land down under after she attempted to buy a renovated property at great expense using fake bank slips to join Kiev's International Legion as his official spokesperson. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, what? We're a... Uh, we are a fucking circus. Circus planet. Clown world. Whatever you want to call it, man. Yeah, that... That what? is absolutely nuts. What is even going Headlines on here? Headlines that couldn't exist even 30, 40 years ago. Oh, right. You know? What? Fucking what? Yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly confused by that. We've, we've said it multiple times. Fraud is good magic, but only if you don't get caught. Well, I don't know. I mean, if she escaped, if she's off, if she's off being a spokesperson in a foreign country... Well, and no, she's, but now uh, she's, well, she's getting know, investigated for something else. Oh. Bajik is accused by the Security Service of Ukraine of stealing millions of dollars worth of medical supplies intended for Ukrainian soldiers and Legion funds, which she denies. She was reportedly involved in a disappearance of a massive 2.5 million shipment of medical supplies and siphoning international donations intended for Kiev's war effort. So... Hmm... Mm. If at first you don't succeed, try till you get caught by the feds. <laughs> Man. And, you know, I, I, I guess. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. Yeah. She's got a real, she's got a real, uh, got a real 24 karat run of bad luck, huh? Yeah. Like you're, <laughs> damn. Or she could, like, damn, the banknotes got... She's just a really bad criminal, isn't it? Like, most... Isn't that... I, I don't remember who said it, but it was something like... The thing about good criminals is that you never know who they are. Right, yeah. Unless you're, like, Pretty Boy Floyd. <laughs> or John Oklahoma Dillinger. Oklahoma knew him well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I mean, it's just... These headlines are oh, also getting a... clickbaitier and clickbaitier every fucking day. Two words Aren't no they, president Aren't wants they? to hear. <laughs> the bomb. Inoperable cancer. President, doc. 
Lost it. <laughs> you lost it. It being the classified documents. <laughs> well, that's actually what this is about, you know. Oh man. Well, I was gonna say I was I was talking to my father, and he said, uh, he he him being very anti Biden said something to the effect of, "I don't care if it was the White House chili <laughs> recipe." If it was classified, it was classified. And the only thing, it's like, I just want to, I, I've been debating it. Like, I want to make a fake, like, a, a, a fake document that it just says, like, Teddy Roosevelt's famous chili. And it's like, Dad, they found it. They found the documents. The words are special counsel, apparently. A counsel, you say? Oh, no, 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 no. Not talking about that yet. I don't want to talk about uh. it. It's just funny, <laughs> his counsel. So, so Biden, Biden just like picking up some documents, drives across town, drops them, leaves them there. You know, he goes over to goes over to his mistress' house, leaves some documents because he's like, "Baby, of course I'm coming back. I'm gonna leave my documents here." <laughs> you know? Don't you trust me? I think me? that Joe. You think I'm like any other president? I would instantly. You think be, I'm telling you malarkey? Any other president, I would be questioning this more. But I'm fairly certain Biden forgot about the documents entirely. <laughs> That's. I mean, he's just, just like walking around. Someone, someone just, someone just handed him a huge pile of like a huge thing, just filled with classified documents. Like, now don't lose them, Joe. Do you want me to put them in your bag? No, I'm. I'm not a child. I'll remember them. And he's just like losing them, like fucking Mr. Magoo. Just a trail of classified documents is following. Joe around looking like the family circus cartoon. Biden with like a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Joe Biden with an unzipped backpack and they're just following just a Paw Patrol backpack that's seen better days. <laughs> a dog ate my classified documents. <laughs> Is do you think that there's any significance to this? Is this just sort of like Something that happens with all the presidents and we just don't talk about it. But because they tried to make it a thing about Trump, now they're making it a thing about Biden. Now you have read my mind. That is exactly what I think this is. I think that there is going to be an increased scrutiny of everything every single president does in a, a, a you fuck me, I fuck you more type policy among the uh the the double-headed eagle that is our political system. And, I mean, and that's the thing, though, because if they do that, it's going to destroy the office. Because to be the president, you have to do illegal we shit. That's the whole fucking point. Hope. Being the president means you just we get to can do... only you know, hope. Nixon was completely right when he was like, when the president does it, it's not illegal. Because it's not. Because what are they going to do? You're not going to arrest the fucking president, or at least you weren't a couple years ago. Now we're all just so polarized. That was the thing that no one actually discussed when they were talking about how polarized we've gotten. There, the entire possibility that it's like this whole thing was held up on a, a fucking chewing gum and fucking paper clips kind of thing anyway. So once we just all stop agreeing to just kind of play nice it's just gonna come rattling apart do you hear that i heard something what is it that's the that's the sound of our crumbling democracy uh, no it's it's uh no 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 not really it is uh it's a sweet little basset hound with a new toy who decided that she needs to play with it right now Never get a dog.
don't get with a girl who has a dog. If you are a dog, just don't. <laughs> All right, you ready for one more? You can always do one more. Ex-Russian president suggests Japanese PM should ritually disembowel himself. If it was anywhere other than Japan, that wouldn't have the cultural context to, like, not be okay. It'd be funnier. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's Dmitry Mendevev. He's just been going on a tirade saying, like, fucked up shit to people. He's just, he's just on one of those moments. Good for him. Fuck them all. <laughs> Tell, I mean... You know, that is the most elaborate form of just going, kill yourself. <laughs> wow, man. He's like, you're just a service attendant for the Americans. Man. Is he wrong? I mean, definitely not. But, like, he's just laying it out there. Uh, Japanese listeners, <laughs> tell us if he's wrong. <laughs> <sighs> but, I mean... I, uh, like, yeah, J Japan has been propping up America's interests since World War II. When we made that, when we said, since you're going to play ball or we're yeah, not going to get out of your country. Yeah, or you're going to do what the fuck we told you to do. I mean, like, that's not, that's not a fucking shock. Shit. I don't know. What, I, I don't even know what to say about that. And I don't have a, we're, we're missing the, the chaos. We're, no, we've got the chaos. We're definitely missing the magic part of the news. It's just chaos news. Well, right I now. have a weird question. Shoot. In the, the interest of Japanese-American relations, is it strange that Japan has become somewhat of like a, we'll say, a developmental wing for America? And, you know, obviously they're subservient to them militarily, just like lots of other smaller countries are. But culturally... Japan has infected America more than any other nation. I really think that there's not a single nation on the planet that has more of a cultural impact on Western culture uh, in general, but oh, specifically it's, America. It's, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's no, because, it, well, yeah, because it's not just America. It's like all over. It's fucking weebs, fucking dude. Weebs. We put Japanese culture on a fucking pedestal, We love it. Dude. We eat that shit up. We eat that shit up whether it's going it's because it's like and the thing is people would say like oh well you just like the consumer bullshit that they throw out to you you just like jojo's bizarre adventure and everything else and it's like but no dude because like you talk about shinto white people love them some shinto white occultists love them some shinto and if they don't love some shinto you just they just haven't figured out some shinto yet you know yeah we love um, we, we love real. zen as it came from japan we we are really into all. Oh yeah, exactly. We're, we're very much into these sorts of things. I mean, you know, again, it's the old um, samurai. Yeah, samurai. Where it's the old joke, right? About you know, it's like we getting Japanese fucking tattoos that just say like fucking fried chicken, chicken nugget. Exactly. America, and by extension, the Western world, because there's plenty of British, there's plenty of Australian, there's plenty of German. No, there's loads of people. They just love Japanese culture. Everything about it. Who, like, ask any of your friends right now if they want to go to Tokyo. They're all going to be like, fuck yeah, I want to go to Tokyo. Hell yeah. And they're going to they're gonna have, like, 20 different things they want to do in Tokyo that might not even happen in Tokyo. They just think it happens in Tokyo because <laughs> they watch animes. Um, all right. I, play, I played 14 hours of Yakuza. <laughs> I know what Tokyo is like, you know? 
Like, fuck, yeah. So it, it's it, it's interesting, especially given the fact that they have a declining birth rate and they're they're really looking down the barrel of some some unpleasant shit. It's going to be interesting to watch the lasting impact of Je- like and and I don't mean this in any kind of like oh this is what's going to happen but like Japan could totally collapse like economically uh civically in every sense of the word. You know, Japan could fall into the fucking ocean and we would still be eating up everything they gave us. And that's that's very strange in the idea of like I guess the memetics in the the sense of like you know meme as the idea that self propagates. What do you think it is specifically about Japan that kind of reaches our resonance? Do you think it's just because we ended up having such strong economic and military connections to them after re- reconstruction? Like it was just more available because, because like you know we have so many people going to Japan from the West and bringing it back here. That's definitely it's that's definitely part of it. But I think it's just part of it is the absolute and utter uniqueness of Japanese culture and the art forms that it produced. If that makes any sense, especially because it it's like an island country, and this and granted, I'll also specify the. In the same way we're talking about the surface level of magical commercialization, we have a very surface level. Oh, well, yeah, um, like that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Like we're not talking about like, you know, the, the, the deeper aspects of the Japanese culture are not things that we permeate. Arguably, they're things that we can't even understand fully as Westerners just because of our own cultural backgrounds. You'd- Everybody would, all your friends would love to go to Tokyo. They would hate having to live in Japan for a year, six months even. But the point being that it's, it's just, it's very fascinating on that level of so many unique variables and factors go into what happened to produce the type of culture and the type of art that Japan has. And I think that creates a fascination for us. Also, Dragon Ball Z is really tight. I am the Super Saiyan Son Goku! Okay. So, we're going to do something special for you this episode, listeners. <gasps> what is it? Well. Was it my idea? I, all of this episode was your idea. The last two episodes have been your <laughs> ideas. <laughs> That's why they suck. <laughs> okay, but. Bargain Bina and I are particularly big fans of a certain little English podcast. A certain little English podcast. <laughs> oh, how? Put some respect on their name. <laughs> We're talking about. We're talking che- about Cheap Show. You know what? Here, honestly, for those of you that don't know, there is a podcast called Cheap Show that is a man named Paul Gannon and his co host, Eli Silverman. They are the economy. <laughs> they are the economy. <laughs> You're really channeling them wow, right now because you can't pronounce shit. Holy shit, right? Yeah, because they can't, because they every episode, they're like, they flub it like 14 times and then they leave it in. The economy comedy podcast where they go through the pound stores, rubbish sales, and car boot sales of. All of our American listeners have just like you. 
tuned out entirely. They're like, what the fuck? Those are all made up words. Yeah. Yeah. You just said some gobbledygook. I think you were casting a spell on me. And you <laughs> the were point right. being that they have a, they have a but, segment on their show called The Price of Shite. It's based off The Price is Right. So we're doing a ripoff of a ripoff. We are like in full simulacrum mode now. Absolutely. But the point being is they get things and they have to guess prices. Bargain Ben over there decided to get a bunch of shit on five below. Yeah, I, uh, well, I had all but one item already, and I was waiting for, like, the time to appropriately pitch this to you of, like, hey, man, I got a bunch of cheap, tacky magic stuff, and you should totally let me talk about it, and we should do, like, the cheap show parody. Because for those who don't know, we are both huge, huge fans of this podcast. It's probably the only podcast I listen to. I listen to like three podcasts, and it is one of the three. So yeah, they're 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 absolute hilarious, funny men, and they're just the gold standard of podcasts. <laughs> um, but anyway, my beloved sent me a message the other day while I was at work, no less, where it was it was actually it was just a photo of a book and it was i'm at five below here's you see this and i just go oh my god 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 and she's like okay so you do want it like yeah absolutely i'm gonna talk about it on the podcast and she's like that's what i thought you'd say so she's wonderful i love her to death but uh anyway the book is really what brought this whole thing together so my question is, do I start with the book or do I go through all of the lesser stuff first? Let's go through the lesser stuff first and then we'll, so we can talk about that because I'm sure we'll have more to talk about with the book than anything. All right. So here's the name of the game is that I am going to talk about an item and I have sent you photographs of these items and everything else. So you know what you're looking at and you have to tell me how much you think they cost if you get it within... 50 cents, you get a point. Something like that. Something like that. And uh, we say we talk about this pod, but the rules changed on the podcast because they're just as bad at this as we are. <laughs> there are inspirations. <laughs> All right. So what's the first thing you got? The first thing is, and I'll even lump the first two items together because they're basically the same thing. They just have different aesthetics. One is the kawaii tarot uh, bringing cards. it back to japan we always have an unintentional theme every oh, time damn. this time it's it's Shit. commercialism I didn't in japan even think about that every time we oh, are so good at this dude uh we we are riding the synchronicity train and that's great because there isn't any other public transit <laughs> the kawaii tarot and then also like and then here's the and then the other thing too is because the, both of the tarot decks, because the other one is also a tarot deck, they were the same price. So if you figure out one, you figure out. So the other one is the Celestial Tarot cards. I'm glad that we're putting these at the front because these are the ones that I have the least to talk about because they're just, you know, it's just a tarot deck. It's the Rider weight format with, like, a certain aesthetic. Yeah, the Kawaii Tarot is kind of cute, I guess. I mean, it's just got, like, little emoji heads it, for the Emperor and the High Priestess. The two of cups is like little coffee feels, cups with happy faces. I have the same problem with both of these is because they're lazy. Or you know what? I Oh no, uh, actually, this was I guess definitely I'm this like was passionate or nice. This was not they're this lazy, was not made right? with love and care. This was just we can make a tarot deck with cheap art that we got from somewhere, probably. 
Because, like, the high priestess and the empress are literally, like, the same drawing with, like, a different hat on top. Stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, it's like emojis. The chariot is a, I'm, I, the chariot is a cat in a convertible driving at high speed, which is, uh, you know, that's a, that's a new one. See, I and this goes, that. this the goes back to the thing we were talking about earlier where it's like, can you get results with the kawaii tarot cards? I mean, probably, but why would you want to? Like, they're just kind of, yeah, I mean, this uh, is the, made for someone to buy the, and be like, oh, isn't this cute? And then leave on the shelf for the rest of its existence. Well, I remember. The Robert, the Robert Johnson story. Oh yeah, from, yeah. Who knows how many episodes ago, where the the woman doing the dream analysis and she's writing all her dreams in the little Mickey Mouse notebook. This is Mickey Mouse tarot. I use because of that story. I use the term Mickey Mouse tarot, and that's exactly what this is. I just happen to have a growing collection of Mickey Mouse tarot cards. Tarot cards that I don't use, I just find really funny. Well, what about these celestial tarot cards? Like, I'm looking at it. It's just kind of like... They're, again... It's, it's not it's, even creative, is they're it? Just it's boring. just like They're just boring. They've got, yeah. like, starry backgrounds and then silhouettes. The chariot is like a, an archer in a chariot. The three of swords is the classic heart with swords in it. Yep. The ace has the hand. The knights of the knight of wands is particularly lazy. It's like a knight's helmet and a wand. It's it's just it's just not very I mean, good. It's, it's the bare the bare minimum. I have a thing that I do with every tarot deck where I ask it questions because somebody told me to do that one time and it just seemed like a neat thing where you ask things like, "What do you think of me? How can I properly use you? Like, what is you know that sort of thing, right? To try to have like a correspondence with the tarot deck as an entity, I suppose. And I just remember this one really like putting my nuts to the fire. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Where it was like, yeah, I know you think I'm a fucking hokey deck, but you get out what you put in. Oh, wow. That was, that was the interpretation I had made. If I could remember the exact cards I pulled, I would tell you, but that was like literally the interpretation. So, you know, maybe that's a sign. And the, the, maybe and, this deck don't fuck and around. And the Kawaii deck, just said a bunch of stuff that you couldn't interpret because it was in Japanese. It said something about uh, it said something about remilitarizing, which was concerning. <laughs> All right, so I have to guess what they what they cost. However, at the at oh, go ahead. Yeah, take it. Yeah, take. Well, I was gonna say it's like yeah. I I will say that just as a whole, these are the cards themselves are very boring and. When it comes to tarot decks that I really like or I really want to use, normally there is a certain level of resonance of like, I find a lot, you know, the, the Thoth deck is kind of the standard for me where there's so much symbolism embedded in every card. Oh yeah. And I mean, and Lady Frida Harris's art is just fantastic. Immaculate. Right. I, Chef's oh, kiss. Yeah. Like that, I, I'm with you there. The Thoth deck is like my standard for what a tarot deck should be. It's just, it's tarot on fucking steroids. Like everything. You can stare at a little corner piece of one of those cards and get something interesting out of it. At the same time, a Thoth deck is going to run you like what? 20, 30 bucks? Yeah. These were what? I'm going to say that they were both 250 each. Okay. Okay. Wait, and I understand. I understand the idea of five below, right? Everything's below five dollars. Well, there is a section for beyond five where it's like these are the the high quality items. But also, for the record, if you're buying something over five dollars at a five below, 
go buy it somewhere else. <laughs> but I will say that none of those, none of the items are from that section. So everything is five dollars and below. Okay, yeah. Then I'm gonna say two. I'm gonna hedge my bet and say two seventy five. That's what I'm going with. Two seventy five. Okay, cool, cool. We have one more deck, but it's not a tarot deck. Oh. However, I'm gonna pivot and talk about. My favorite oh, item in God. this Oh, God. He told me about these already, folks. These are the dumbest <laughs> yeah, I, thing I've I ever seen in my them. life. I was, I was screaming at you saying, you're not a real Magus because you do not possess the, the, the arcane artifact that I have. I can on, hear them fucking them close clicking. To the microphone. They're called astrology dice, folks. Shut <laughs> up. I'm doing ASM. <laughs> These, yeah, he's right. They're called astrology dice. And I'm going to post, like, all of the photos of this are going to go on the Instagram and the Facebooks. Yeah. You know, whatever you kids like. Yeah. They're what? They're, they're, These they're like 12-sided they're... dice or something? <laughs> they're like, tw- yeah, something like that, like. Uh, well, one of them has the zodiac yeah, signs on sided. it, so I assume you would need at least twelve. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there are three twelve-sided dice. One has all the zodiacs. One has uh, the planets on them, and then it's like I think it's a repeat of a couple of them. And for like, anyway, it's it's not that important. I was gonna say because there are not twelve planets, but there's. These are definitely all the same. Oh, dice. wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. It's, it's individuals where it's like, it's the, it's uh, your North node, your South node, and then like something else to sort of like buffer it or uh, to sort of pad it out, but to get it to 12. And then it's a dice that set that is literally one through 12. Right. Yeah. So here's the, here's the fun part about this. These were like right by the front where there's, like, the weird, stupid impulse buys, like the candy and everything else, and, like, keychains. Well, they definitely got you. Oh, oh, no. This wouldn't have been... This wasn't an impulse buy. I knew in my soul (laughs) this wasn't an impulse. This was a calling. This was filled with significance. Yeah, this was... (laughs) My my favorite part is looking at the package. It says 14-plus on it. You got to be at least 14 years old before you start fucking with the astrology dice, folks. It's dangerous magic over here. If you're 13, you might try to eat them and choke. <laughs> so what do you even... Or put them up your nose What or do you even do with these things? Like, what's the... Does it give you, like, a divination system of how to operate astrology dice? Or is it just, like, it's got numbers well, and letters? if you shut up, if you... Sh- if you shut up, I'll tell you. Listen. You hear you're that? You're just fucking clicking them. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little booklet that goes along with this thank god and i didn't even realize it was a booklet till like i had had these things for a couple days and i was laughing hysterically <laughs> and i i pulled out the little uh paper insert and i was like oh there's stuff written in here <laughs> it's folded up just like a man don't read the instructions it's it's folded it's a fourfold oh like heidegger <laughs> oh god that's a joke, Justin. I know. Thank you. Um, how to use your dice. Using your astrology dice is as simple as rolling them. Got it. We're done. 
One of them fell off. One of them fell off the table. <laughs> then interpret each glyph. Well, a number is an, I guess a number is a glyph. Yeah, it's a glyph. Know. Try imagining what you are seeking. Clarity, direction, or assessment regarding a relationship situation or per- personal development instead. Use the guide to help you interpret your role. <laughs> um, and then the guides are just sort of like things that pertain to what that planet is about. And it's like, it's not, it's, it's very surface level, but nothing's explicitly wrong. So I guess that's good. So like, try them out. Give me a reading on the, on this episode. Okay. Okay. So what we've got here, let me do another roll. Cause one of them fell off the table. All right. What do you want to know Just about how, how is this episode going? Miss Cleo. Oh, I can tell you how this episode's going. All right. We've got Aquarius. We've got Mars. And we've got the number four. Okay, so how would you interpret that for, for the dear listeners? Oh, oh, I forgot. I, I forgot. The, the, the significance of the number dice is that it, they're the houses. Oh, right. That so there is a sense, reason actually. that they, did, they didn't just throw a number. Okay. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I should have remembered. Okay. So how do I interpret Aquarius and Mars? Damn. Isn't there? Oh, well, just on. go with the book. Now I'm. Oh, oh, just go with the book. I was going to look up. I was like, wait, wait, wait. One of the Thoth cards is Mars and Aquarius, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna cut through the bullshit. What did Uncle Al tell me? <laughs> I get all my ideas from smarter people than me, so fuck it. Um okay, it says Mars pertaining to ambition, lust, motivation. Why is Mars lust? I don't know. I mean it makes sense to me. Never mind, I was wrong. This shit is wrong. <laughs> Anger, call to action of the physical body, devotion. Devotion Devotion? No, no. Mars isn't about devotion. What? You're wrong. Never mind. These stupid dice are a crop. <laughs> I shouldn't have bragged about them. Okay. All right. So what's it say about Aquarius then? Aloof, contemplative, overly empathetic, yet responding apathetic, conversational, and uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have... We Damn. Got, okay. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. Anger? We're super angry. We're super into it. They're, they're really uncomfortable. They don't li- We're talking too much, and they don't like it. Bro, we are balling out. This these dice are actually absolutely correct. <laughs> and we got a four. Uh, fourth house represents parental forces, domestic life situations, and ending home life. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I remember because it's like it's like the it's almost like a like a clock or whatever because it's like the fourth is at the bottom in any chart. Your fourth is going to be at the bottom, and that's like your sort of like your home life. But I think I'm remembering that right. My astrology is bad. So parental, angry, uncomfortable. Or, or home life, I guess. Domestic. Our, our parents were not strict enough with us, and now we make a podcast that is uncomfortable and angry. Got it. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> How much do you think these were? Fucking. I would pay nothing for them. I would make them give me $2 to throw them away for them. Well, joke's on you. I, I, I gave a man a cow for these. <laughs> he wanted to give me the magic beans, but. I'll say a dollar. Like, I can't imagine it's less than a, a buck. buck. I know how much dice cost. All right, cool. I just can't wait to show up to the D&D campaign with uh, the astrology dice. 
roll for initiative. I got a Mercury. <laughs> so I win. All right. All right. So uh, next one is. We have another deck of cards, you said? A, I got a. Yes. These are called meditational cards. 54 daily meditations for every Oh, life. God. All These right, are going to be right. bad. All right. I'm giving them a shuffle. A card fell out, so obviously that is the one. Recognize. Today, try to recognize those events that trigger your negative feelings. It's all about how you react. Recognize that you can change the way you react once you identify what's triggering your negative thoughts. That's shit. That's not really a meditation. I guess it's like, that's like a conscious mindfulness awareness thing that you can carry throughout your I mean, day. I guess, but it's like, you know, it's not really, it's a meditation in the way that like Descartes was meditating. It's like, hey, think about this, dummy. Fucking Descartes. Yeah. All right, give me another one. Ugh. Next one. Know yourself at the start of your day. Take the time to say aloud three times. I know myself. I am smart, confident, and filled with self-love and compassion for others. That is who I am. So lie to yourself. Got it. Yeah, these are like, I mean, like this isn't really meditation at all. This is just sort of like positive self-affirmation. Yeah, that's not that. I mean, there's lots of types of meditations. I wouldn't call that one. Okay, take a breather. Take a small break during work today. Try to find somewhere quiet like your car or even the restroom. Clear your mind and close your eyes. Focus on the job at hand and realize that it doesn't define who you are. Please, worker B, take a moment to realize that you are not defined by your job, but keep your mind focused on the job. Right. Work. Work. Give me a number slave, between 1 slave, and 54. Of 2.5. 2.5. All right. I ripped the <laughs> third card in half. So it just says muscle relaxation. Muscle relaxation meditation involves a practice that. <laughs> and that's it. What's the rest of it? I don't know. I <laughs> fucking ripped the card. <laughs> Where did I put the other half? Um, okay. Okay. Alternating tension and relaxation of a muscle group done in a particular order. One muscle group, then another. I mean, that can be closer to meditation, like in the idea of like the body work, particularly the maybe like the the neo reikian stuff, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, but this still isn't much of anything. Give me one more. All right. Uh, this one. Focus on breathing. For two minutes, clear your mind and inhale through your nose and out through your mouth. Take long, slow breaths. Exhale slowly. I mean, that's actual. That's literally the one meditation card. One out of 54 ain't bad. Okay. All right. How big are these in relation to the other tarot cards? Uh, Let me look. About two thirds of the size or no, more like like three fourths of the size. Oh, wow. I feel like I need to up my price on the other tarot cards now, but I'm going to say this was two dollars. All right. All right. And last. But certainly not. All least. right. Here's the meat. Here's we what have, you wanted, folks. This is the, the fucking book. This is the fucking book. But I got to take a piss. God so. damn it. You're going to Bolivia. <laughs> In the meantime, listeners, I realized I dropped one of the meditation cards. So I'm going to tell you and you should focus on this meditation while I'm gone. Make an area. 
create a special area in your home or even in the corner of your room. This is your relaxation area. Add candles, incense, plants, and different beautiful images that hold meaning. So uh, get on it. Yep, do that, and we'll be right back. Sometimes a psychic is the perfect one to talk to when love is slipping away. You told your boyfriend a big secret yesterday. Oh, my God. I told him I'm pregnant. But you also told him something else, that it's not his baby. No. So the last thing we have is this book. Yeah, and this book is, uh, it's not schlock. It's not garbage, but uh, it's, it's something, all right. I'll tell you that. It's called The Book of Practical Witchcraft. A Compendium of Spells, Rituals, and Occult Knowledge by Pamela Ball. And I looked into Pamela's bibliography. There are a lot, lot, lot of books written on dream interpretation. 10,000 dream symbols or dream interpretations, the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, this, that, and the other. There's a couple books on spellcraft and this and that sort of thing. There's, I don't know how else to say it. I don't want to be mean to Pamela, but these are like bargain bin spell I books. mean, really? No these shit. Are the Where did you get fucking it? Thing. The, the only two notable oddities that I found was that one, this book was being sold for like $23 somewhere. And it was like, fuck, I got it. I'll tell you this. I got it for a lot less than that. I got it for under, well, not, un, you know. So you $5 got it for $5. Under, I'll tell you. You got that. it for $5 is what you just let out with that. Fuck. <laughs> 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 got him. Yeah. There you go. Got him. But that's not the important part. Oh. The other notable book that she wrote was Jack the Ripper, an ins- <laughs> a psychic investigation. A psychic investigation? What? She went around fucking astral projected Psychics. asking about ast- a- fucking Jack the Ripper. Who was at Whitechapel? God damn it. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? That's great. Oh, my fucking So God. what kind of look, stuff look, is look, in look. the book? I don't want to be. This woman is still alive, and she is on Twitter. So, like, I'm going to probably shout her out when we're doing this but like i just don't know what else to say this book is just sort of like exactly what you would expect for a fucking cheapo written for the money type thing man it's like this is not an in-depth look or how to start and granted everybody's got to start somewhere right i'm trying to be cool about it i get it but you can also steal much better books for much cheaper <laughs> from people who won't even miss the money because they're dead. <laughs> so, so right. what kind of what? We'll where start, do we get in this? What what are we given? I'd like to start with the first page. Oh, that's never a good sign. It says, "Harm none. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off." <laughs> No, like like that right off the bat, the the, the whole notion Page of one. Wrong. You should only Yeah. I mean look, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Strike hard and low into hell with the master. The the chaos magic answer is nothing is true, everything is permitted. I just this notion that magic should only be for good purposes is nothing but a moralized 
self-imposed limitation that you shouldn't bother with. If you think magic is real in any sense of the word, if you think it's just psychology, then, you, you know, magic ends at the end of your nose. Like, what, what the fuck? You're not gonna, you're gonna hurt somebody? What? If you think magic is absolutely like, I can send a, I can send a fucking demon off to somebody and have them get fucked up, then, like, why aren't you going to do it? Uh, Nietzsche, men think themselves good because they lack claws. Like, what? Just do it. Just do the thing. Just curse somebody, listeners. Just fuck them. Just fuck Just them up like, forever. If, if you are really at the point where you think, I'm going to fuck somebody up, go for it. I don't even care. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you to just take a five-minute break and see how you feel about it. Because you can end up in some bad situations that way. <laughs> Lest we be accused of undue influence, as have others before us, we hereby take responsibility for the words written within the pages of this book. We do not, however, take any responsibility for your performance of the spells and rituals therein, nor for the results of the use of the powers. If this book doesn't work, sorry, folks, you got fucked. (laughs) Introduction. The desire to change and improve our situations has been around for many thousands of years, if not since humans first walked the earth. Magic and spell workings have always been a part of that, and still are. Anyone who practices any form of magic, including spell working, needs to be grounded. This means having both feet (laughs) firmly planted in reality. It means you go to your room and stop acting like a fucking wizard. Not at my dinner table. You're grounded. (laughs) And having a basic knowledge of what magic is and is not, what spells can do and can't do, and what, with practice, you can do with the tools, information, and knowledge you have. This book aims to give you that information in as succinct a manner as possible. So, this is just your basic beginner's book. That's what, that's what they're saying. Yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. is it's a like, book for beginners. You will learn how to do a magic and what a magic is. This underlying desire for control comes to the surface most often in times of change, as we have repeatedly seen over the last 15 centuries. And it's just like that that was an excerpt because it's like magic is about the idea of the desire of control. You have a lot to say about that, or rather the illusion of having control, but you know, whatever. Oh boy. There is a brief history of witchcraft that goes from the Celts, the Druids, and the Pagans to the encroachment of the Roman Empire, the Inquisition. Then it gets to witchcraft today, talking about Gerald Gardner. Witchcraft today? Um, when when it, was this book written? Witchcraft today was the was uh, actually something Gerald Gardner published in the <laughs> 1950s. Anyway, but the whole point is that he founded Wicca and everything else because he stole from Alistair <laughs> But, oh, no, no, He no, did no, other no. stuff. Uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't completely hate Gardner. I hate Wicca, but the, I shouldn't. I don't hate him. I don't. I don't even hate Wicca. I don't. I'm just like you know, it's a, it's a, it's pagan reconstructionist stuff, and it's like whatever. You know, I don't hate. Fine. I don't you hate Wicca. It, I hate Wiccans, it. and it's just because you know Wiccans are just you know, ugh. they're they're as bad as Thelemites. They're just kind of like they got goofy ideas, and I think they're goofy. But do they have a do they have a Boleskine Jimmy Page playhouse that they're trying to rebuild? I guess not. So I guess they're a little bit so better. So they're better. Yeah. All right. Uh, this modern pagan religion, which has followers all over the world, honors the god and the goddess as the two main deities. Real creative names. That's uh that's not inaccurate, but it's it's also like 
man. Male, female. Not it's, a whole lot really of like not yeah, not a whole lot of creative ideas. So is this person a Wiccan? Is that what they're getting at here? This seems and, and that's the thing, it's not it doesn't even get hung up on ideas too much. It's just more of like here's stuff to do because as I'm gonna get into, it starts talking about the tools that you're gonna need. It is altar objects where it's just like general crap that you're gonna need on your altar, which is fine. You know, everybody needs something to put their candles on or an incense burner or stuff like that. The uh the athame, which is uh just the sword for Wiccans. Anathema. Athame is anathema to my entire <laughs> magical practice. But yeah, so it's just the sword. The sword is the sword is air, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. just the usual magical weapons then. Then it's the wand, then it's the cup. No, no, no. It's got much more because it has the besom. The besom is a different name for a broom. I read that as bosom. <laughs> and it was like, I am not, I don't have enough, like, I don't have enough, uh, I got some itty bitty titties, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I didn't, I thought I couldn't do witchcraft. <laughs> the bolin or bowline, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, is a knife that is traditionally used for cutting plants, herbs, wands, and other objects for spells and magical workings. It makes the distinction that the athame is used for like the ritualistic purposes, like the drawing of quarters and stuff like that. I will say for a point of like what my practice is, is that if you have a sword, dagger, knife, whatever, and you're not using it to do stuff, like if you have a magical knife, for lack of a better word, and you're not using it to carve things or whatever, then like, what are you doing it for? If you have to have like a dedicated, like, Here's the knife I use for the like the real work. Hey, what? Why? Well, I think I think the Athames like isn't it like, like a? It's not even a, an actual sword or an actual dagger. It's like a pointy piece of wood, ain't it? No, no. I thought it was like a knife, you know, like a dagger, you know, like something like generally it's got like the pointy. And granted, that's because I don't have enough knowledge of Wicca, so who knows? But uh, it's just strange that it's like there's like. All right, here's the knife that you use for cutting stuff, and then here's the knife you use for, like, directing energies. That, and I guess maybe that goes to the joke I was making where it's like the, 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 the sword is air, goddammit. If you're talking about, like, if you're going the energetic model, the wand is the thing that directs energy. That's the thing, because that's the representation of the will. That's the thing that moves stuff. Peter Carroll talked about the magical weapons in Lieber Null, and he said the wand was the one that was the least likely to actually be a wand. He said that a gesture could be the wand, that a mantra could be the wand. The idea that the, the wand was merely a tool that moved things, that directed the will, and not just explicitly like chaos magic or super early chaos magic end of it, Crowley or the Golden Dawn, rather. The, you know, the, the wand is the will. The wand's the mover. The wand's a lever, and Archimedes, give me a give me a big enough lever and a place to stand. I'll move the world. Well, I guess that's sort of it. Is, is there something associated with the 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 change from um, wands and swords elementally, so that the you know the athame is um, fire, correct? So it's the will. Yeah, that's the idea. I believe is that the athame is fire, so it's the will. But I and. This really, it just shows my lack of knowledge of Wicca. I don't know why Gardner did that. I just don't, I don't know. What's the purpose? What's the wand? How is the wand the intellect? 
if the wand is supposed to be Look air. how smart I am. Yeah. I have a wand. <laughs> the other ones are the, the burin, which is a sharp, pointed instrument used for inscribing candles and other magical objects with symbols. Again, use the knife. Well, I mean, even... Use your stupid magic knife. Uh, Crowley used a burin for some things, I think. Mass of the Phoenix, you have to have one. Well, it's but he's carving his flesh up with it. Well, that's also the difference between the the dagger and the the that's because Crowley makes the distinction between the sword and the dagger. Uh, somewhat the scourge and the dagger and the chain, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the the burin in the in this question would be the dagger, right? You know, the yeah, 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 the, yeah. The magician is ready to plunge into his side, and and I guess that's the chaos magician in me, where it's like. One knife does the job, but uh, maybe I'm missing something there because I have done ornate rituals where I had the specifics of it, but I just feel like the shortcut is one knife, one point, do the job. It it worked. One good. knife, everybody this knows good the rules. Knife, I promise. <laughs> this knife, it do everything for you. One Four use- forty-five. <laughs> I'm just playing tiddlywinks with my fucking <laughs> magic knife, <laughs> waiting to do a ritual. <laughs> okay. Um. So what do, what do we get as far as like spellcraft and shit then? Anything interesting? Or is okay, it just I'm, you know I'm getting to it. I'm getting magic to jars. Oh wait, wait. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I have one more tool I want to discuss, and it's not to denigrate it. And this really isn't about denigrating it. It's just I guess it just shows where we're at as far as it it talks about the pestle and mortar. So like for grinding up stuff. I have a pestle and mortar. I use it for cooking. <laughs> You know, but uh, the pestle and mortar are so symbolic of the union of God and goddess that they deserve a special mention. Mainly used to prepare herbal mixtures and incense, they can also become part of your altar furniture when properly consecrated. So, like, what I'm hearing is mortar, pestle, God, and goddess. It's about fucking. Hold on, I gotta. It's about fucking. It's it's linga mignoni. It's just it's it's. I guess that was the wand in the cup. You know, it's 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 fucking. My problem with this is that a a pestle and mortar are never a binary. It's always a it's always a triplet because you're always grinding something up. So this is implying that the the god and the goddess got to have a three way. <laughs> the god and the goddess have to use. Lube, <laughs> is what it's saying. <laughs> there are. Here's the different types of spell workings. There's elemental, which is the type of magic associated with the elements and their own directional forces to create added power to give energy to your spells. There is color. Perhaps the simplest form of magic involves color. This method of working is also used in combination with other forms. Yeah, of great. Thanks, Jackson. I guess ideally you'd... <laughs> I guess ideally you'd want to put all of these together because then you'd have like a real ritual, bells and smells and all that Right, stuff. so wait, are they not even giving you like anything? Like, here, try this out. They're just like showing you what the, the structures are. Oh, no, no, are. no, 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 no. The entire back half of this book is spells. I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, then there's not, because one of those, like it mentions not magic. And I know a lot of people actually swear by not magic. I just don't understand it. I'm not like, I don't get macrame. I don't. Oh, weave, not magic. So, you know, whatever. Like tying things. I thought you were like they talk about not magic. What kind of fucking Dada shit is that, bro? Oh, there we go. There's Straight your idea. Wu Wei. This is not magic. Not magic. <laughs> the do it. The magic by this not magicking. Not, 
And my guru came to me and said, why aren't you doing magic? And I said, this is not not magic. <laughs> and he knew I was enlightened. It mentions representational and symbolic magic where you have a thing that represents a thing that you do a thing to. So it makes the thing do the thing that's representing the thing. You know, that's uh, that goes back to the, the my sigil conversation where it's like if a sigil is just representational intent, then like anything is a sigil. Because it's all just representation. I'm just thinking about the thing now. John Carpenter's the thing? Yes. That's my favorite movie. That's your favorite movie? I've literally told you this before. That's the movie I can watch over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and never get tired of. It's my favorite movie. Judging you. And there's a lot of stuff about Ken. There is a whole section devoted to different types of candles. I have never given that much thought to candles. What is it? Just like, this is what this color means. That's what this color means. This is what happens if you have a really big candle. This is what a, uh, a taper or a votive or a pillar candle or these other, you know, or like all, a, a tea light, you know, all these things. And then we get to the sections where it's like associations, where it's the color purple is associated with Oprah, Oprah. Winfrey. <laughs> Damn um, it, you beat me yeah. to it. Like I said, the, the second half of this book is actually dedicated to the proper spell craft, right? What is a spell? There are three important aspects to reciting a spell. First is that words are spoken with intensity and passion. The next is that the speaker also has a power and energy that with practice may be used effectively. The third component, the forces and powers belonging to that which is beyond the human. The combination of all these aspects gives a powerful spell indeed. And then it's divided into sections. Love spells, bidding spells, blessings, healing spells, invocations, incantations. The first uh, full section is friendship, love, and relationships. To attract a new friend, you will need three brown candles, a sheet of paper, and a pen. Light the candles, put the sheet on the paper, and write down the attributes you would like to have in a friend. Say each one aloud and fold the paper in half twice. Twice now. Light the edge of the folded paper from one of the candles and repeat the words below. I'm not going to say all of this. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I would say after doing that spell. With heart and mind, I do now speak. Bring to me the one I seek. Let this paper be the guide. I'm coming out here with some fat ass <laughs> rhymes. <laughs> and then the beat drops. <laughs> Bars, dog. <laughs> oh my God. I, I really, that is like number one in my, that is so number bad. one in my hokiness level. <laughs> I mean, sorry, that is number, that, yeah, that, that's, that's number one on my hokey level. If, it, if your incantation. Well, I, well, how would you summon a friend? How would you make a friend? <laughs> how would I make a friend? Uh, I'd go outside. Yeah, go outside would be a good start. I mean, like if you wanted to do magic, do this outside. I mean, I talked about this on the the podcast before. Is like doing magic to try to be in the right place at the right time to to meet people and do stuff. Is like that's something you can do. I just don't think like you know uh, kindergarten poetry is the the way to go with it. <laughs> Light the red and white candle and say, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do, I do not, not like, like them, them, Sam, I am. am. 
Skip ahead. What else we got? Uh, okay. Hold on. There's a good one. To create opportunities for love? Hold on. No, no, no. We're, we'll, we'll skip past the love spells. Again, just on a random note, it's like talking about do no harm none. Again, implying that anyone that would be in a relationship with you would not be harmed by it mm. at all. Yeah, no one ever gets harmed by a relationship. Cleansing an aura. Okay. Oh, awesome. This spell is cleansing she explain one explain what a fucking aura is? Well, uh-huh. well, here, I'll just get to the method. You put your left foot in, you take your left foot out, <laughs> you put your left foot in, and no, then you shake real, it all real. about. I'm reading this verbatim. You do the... Cl- no. <laughs> Please tell me what Look, it actually says. that's what it's says. all about. Okay? Jesus Christ. What's the damn spell? <laughs> Find a spot which you feel comfortable in your open space. The choice of spot will depend on what you are attempting to get rid of. Be sure to take your time choosing so it feels absolutely right. Settle yourself comfortably on the ground. Take a deep breath and exhale. Your exhalation should be slightly longer than your inhalation. Do this three times to clear your lungs. Of what? Did you have a fire in your house beforehand? (laughs) Did you make some really bad fish? All the incense you were burning before this. Say as loudly as you can. Uh, Repeat the sounds at least twice more, increasing in intensity each time until you are actually screaming. (laughs) Scream (laughs) until the authorities come. Tell them you have a bad aura. When they take you to the station, they will de-louse you, and this will clean your aura. The feds have an aura cleaning machine they don't want you to know about. <laughs> uh, so you vibrate the name, and does it just say keep doing that? Is there I've else already moved on. <laughs> There's one called Isis Girdle. It doesn't say what it's about. Hold on, let's see. Okay. This spell is based on not magic. It's not magic. And is used to ensure that your energy is at the right level for your magical work. So it's like a preliminary. Buckles, belts, or girdles are often associated with Isis or Venus and therefore aspects of femininity. Belts are feminine? Guys, is it gay to wear a belt? (laughs) Seems a little spicy. Because women be wearing them. It seems seems Women be wearing belts, you know, that's all I'm saying. Fellas, is it gay to kiss your wife on the lips? (laughs) It can be performed on a Wednesday during any moon phase. What Wednesday is Mercury? Wednesday is Mercury, right? I guess. I don't know of any associations of Wednesday and Isis or Venus. Friday is Venus. But I guess nobody wants to be tightening. Friday, I want to take my belt off. Ah, I guess. You will need... Three links of cord, about nine feet. Jesus, nine feet. You're telling me I need like almost 30 feet of rope to do this spell. All right, moving on. What else does it say? I've already, I've, no, I've moved on. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even giving this thing I'm a I'm not. This is trash. <laughs> do you want me to, hold on, hold on. I got it, I got okay. it, I got it. Give me, give me one no, no, more. No. Give me before one more, begin, and then we'll, we'll end this. Before you begin, decide on a purpose of your girdle. To use one specifically for health issues, you might choose the color blue. 
to work from a spiritual perspective, choose purple or white. Start braiding the cord. Doesn't say how to braid it. And as you do so, keep in mind that you are fashioning three aspects of self, body, mind, and spirit. That sounds like Cartesianism. (laughs) I hate the body, mind, spirit shit. To become one source of power in all that you do. That way, the braid becomes an extension of you and a protector of your being. Call on the power of Isis to give you strength and determination. Tie a knot at both ends to tie in the power. Now consecrate the girdle by holding it in your left hand and circling it three times counterclockwise with your most powerful hand. This was something that I forgot to mention. There was a mention (laughs) of your powerful hand. And I was like, what is, what the fuck is that? You might get my strong hand. (laughs) And it's, but then it said in parentheses, the one that you believe gives out energy. So now we're back to belief as a tool, which goes back to what we're saying is that there's a lot of chaos magicians that don't realize they're chaos magicians. If your criteria is, I think this is the one that does the thing, you're a chaos magician. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's your strong hand. That might be a step too far, but I will say that I do think it's weird that they're like, pick your strong hand. Pick your (laughs) J-O hand is what what they're they're saying. saying. But Isis, mistress of the words of power, cleanse this girdle for my use. That doesn't even rhyme. (laughs) Consistency book. Uh, Visualize it surrounded by bright light, yada, yada, yada. In the future, every time you put on the girdle, you should be able to sense the energy, giving you the power to carry out your chosen task. Now, that goes to what I was talking about as the idea of infusing things with meaning. So, like I said, we're... We're giving well, yeah, this book a hard this time. This is a no. This is a. But, this is the fancy version of David Lynch's thing of um, you know, when I want to be lucky, I untie my left shoe. I mean, sure, sure. I mean, like, granted, we're, again, we're giving this book a hard time, but it's like I'm sure, like, tons of people have probably picked up this book and gotten something useful out of it. If you're a baby magician or something, I'm sure you'll get plenty out of. There's this just book. better ways to do it. Yeah, you know, you could have gotten a copy of Lieber Null. You could have gotten a copy of Lieber Abba. You could have gotten, I don't know, fucking Prometheus Rising probably would have been Prometheus a better Prometheus Rising is the best thing you can do if you want to start doing magic. And it's got nothing to do with magic. I mean, hell, even you could listen to fucking Grant Morrison talk about pop magic and probably get a better start than this. This is just sort of giving you, like, very basic Western esoteric practices that probably don't really work that well. Well, the ultimate answer is that the best starting point for magic is actually Black Leviathan, Grimoire of the Big Forehead Tribe. But that's really hard to find. So, you know, what you can get. Right, yeah, they got to do a new pressing yeah, of it. for that, honestly. Uh, then there's an entire section yeah. devoted to the evil eye. Really now? Mm-hmm diagnosis of the evil what's eye it, what's it saying about the evil removal eye? of the evil eye how to give the evil eye that's really, actually no it's not it's really just okay they're telling you to remove someone's eyes cut out their eyes diagnosing the evil eye that lady over there is giving me the and evil for eye some reason removal for some of the reason, eye i, I took a fork like to it evil eye they have the illuminati pyramid the eye of providence so like that's oh great sus that's wrong yeah, is money, what it is. Money, luck, and career. Foot wash for magic. 
This is a folklore recipe and would strictly only become a spell if an incantation or invocation were added. You will need black cohosh root, a cup of boiling water, and a small bottle. Chew on the root. Dump the boiling water on your feet. Crack yourself over the head with the bottle. <laughs> You're dumb for buying this book. I've got to stop. Oh I've got to stop. This book is not that bad. I'm just, I'm too gone. I'm too, I'm too turned. <laughs> oh, worst episode oh God. ever. All right. Uh, Yep. So we know that this one was five dollars, so I get a point Dang. at least. Oh hold on, hold on. Home personal protection. Uh there was one that I was like, Oh no. Prevent intrusion into a building. And that's like it's get a gun. <laughs> Call the magical entity of ADT. <laughs> uh but this one's like an this one's like an Awful. energetic thing where it's like creating a, a visualized ward around a home, which is like, you know, that's sure. Protection bottles, uh protecting yourself prior to a journey. I mean, it's like they're they're all very basic sort of things. Conclusion, finding the magical journey is a journey of exploration. As always, it is only possible to give guidelines as to what has worked for others and what may work for you. If a spell doesn't work, try it again on another occasion and use your intuition to decide what might be adjusted to suit your personality. The actions taken during spellmaking become so personal that only you know what you did to make a technique work. For this reason, spellmaking is a hidden art and one that needs to be shared. No, you get a journal and you fucking look at that shit. And you analyze no, no, no. it. No, don't just no, no, like, no. I, it on. feels like it no, works for the here. Record, what it's saying is you need, because like really goes, what you'll need. Notebook dedicated to magic work, white candle. I don't know what the candle's for, but writing your shit down is great advice. Well done book. Oh, okay. It does tell you Write to do your that? Shit great. Down. Yeah, okay. Figure out what the hell works. Thank God. So that is our magic edition price of Well, shunt. hey, I guess. In a in a in the the spirit of the cheap show boys, what do you want to rate that book out of five? What what would I rate that book out of five? Honestly, I, I'd yeah. probably go like a two. It's not the worst. Yeah, it's, that's it's what I was not, gonna say. It's about a two. It's not the worst thing. It's it's not the best. It goes to what you were talking about, where to sound shitty is like the people that I generally think are going to be good at magic are not going to be, they're going to look at this book and go, this is hokey trash. They were the type of people that are going to be good at magic are too pretentious. So they're going to need to go find something that has some legs, <laughs> you know? Now at the same time, if, if you were like a child or something and you got this book, this might be the thing that sets you on the road. So good for you. And you know, they're, yeah, like 14-year-old person just like finds this book and like, okay, I'm going to try some spells. That could that could definitely get 100%. you on the road. I think what I do like about this book is that it at least it it seems like the kind of thing that if you didn't actually know anything about magic at all and you just tried it and it worked, it could definitely get you it's somewhere. Not, it's not wrong is the thing. There's nothing in this book that is like that is absolute trash and you shouldn't do it. Well, do your do your Venus ritual on Friday. Oh, well, stupid. yeah, there's that. And then there's like some, sorry, let me correct. 
some of the associations seem a little weird and off, but other than that, it's not it, like it. It is really there's worse books you could get if you knew absolutely nothing. Here's the problem though: if you know absolutely nothing, like a Google search could probably set you on the path. I know Crowley uses some bullshit yeah. flowery language, but uh, you know Libra Abba ain't gonna steer you that wrong. All right, so. To round it up, do we want to go over? Did you write down any? Oh, of the I know what all of these shit? costs. So you said what? What? What were the tarot you said cards? For the tarot cards. I said two seventy-five, and they were four dollars. Bullshit. Yep, four bucks. <laughs> this game is rigged. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Four bucks for each of them. Spent spent eight dollars on I shitty mean, tarot. You can't. You can't. Be proud get of yourself. They're shitty tarot's that costs more than eight dollars so i feel like i gotta find okay all right what about the astrology um, dice the the my favorite the best astrology the dice yeah you you said yeah, what a was dollar. it i said a dollar you're gonna be furious <laughs> they're like four dollars aren't they five bucks yeah. oh my I god i would i didn't pay see that. the price i scanned them and it was like fuck well, shit, I'm not taking them off. I'm, ta- I'm walking out with these. I don't care. Yeah, wait. Holy shit. $5 yeah, guys, for astrology guys, I, dice. I have a friend that 3D prints. If you really want some astrology dice, I will, uh, like, get with me, and we'll, we'll just print you up some astrology dice, and it won't cost you $5. It might cost you $5 at shipping, but if you want to meet me at the back alley, you know, we'll make it work. All of our Patreon supporters, if you support us for five dollars, we'll get you. Fuck, we'll get, we'll you get a, the custom CM and astrology dice. I'll get you astrology dice that have the logo on it and everything. That'll be perfect. <laughs> okay, meditation cards. Oh God, these are going to be like three bucks now too, aren't they? Uh, I believe you said. Two, I said two dollars. Two dollars for these. Hold on, let me look. Yeah. Two fifty. So you actually get a point for those. Uh, you, get, you get a point. I get for a point. Those. I get a, yeah, point. get a point. Okay. And then I gave away the the witch book. So yeah, you got you got two points out of a possible what? Uh, five. You got a two out of five. I guess two yeah. out of five, just oh. like this book. <laughs> Man. Uh. Well, that was an ordeal. This was an ordeal. It was fun. We this should was... get more. We should get more like cheap ass occult stuff and do this again that'd be oh fun. well i've i've always got an eye out like i love and i've mentioned it in, i've mentioned in the previous episodes i am amassing a collection of cheap stupid tarot decks so like definitely got those the tarot decks aren't nearly as fun like i think the book the astrology dice the meditation cards were probably more interesting to talk about but like i'm always looking for stuff this was probably as frustrating to get through as it was absolutely self-indulgent. So if you've held on this long, congrats, you know, you're great. Well, it's time for our usual palate cleanser. How goes the work? Um, well, for me, I've mostly been doing some very preliminary stuff to try to reinvigorate things, you know, re-enchant the world. You know what I mean? Oh, that sounds try so to, interesting. Try to, yeah, try to make things feel magical again. I haven't done much tangible like I was trying to make this happen. But I think part of it was just because 
before the holidays, during the holidays, and then right after. I've just been dealing with so much crap that it was hard to get stuff done. But I, I made time to do some reinvigoration of my practice, and things are hopefully going to pick up. I do have a little frog pondering about things. So that's something. Yeah, that's good. That's, it's, I'm glad you're doing stuff. What about you? Oh, I'm getting back into the Enochian. If you end up in that desert again, dude, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm, not e- I'm not even joking. Enochian's always been good for me. It's hard stuff, but every time you do it, I, I really feel it does bring a lot of insight. While you're doing that, ask the angels why they can't just speak and do it in the most like American <laughs> way possible. My goddamn country. Speak English. And with that said, this has been Chaos Magic News. That's right. This has been Chaos Magic News, the only podcast that has to secretly redo things behind your back. As always. As you always. Oh, you, you got one? No, no, no. You, go ahead. You came in harsh as fuck, homeboy. Are you good? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just go ahead. Go with it. I was going to say, as always, if you blew a bunch of money on a stupid magic book that can't even get the uh, planetary days right, <laughs> write to us at our Golganusa compound. <laughs> Tell us about it. And if that doesn't work, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chaos Magic News. Yeah, you can find us there. You can also find the website, chaosmagicnews.com, where we'll have links to the pod, articles, interviews with some of the greatest and pretty much anything you could ever want from us. And I guess with that said, bargain bana, would you like the last word? Oh, to be a pondering frog. Oh, to be a frog indeed. We'll see you next time, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. walked away from this god fuck you you're the worst <laughs>